Welcome to the MFR Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how you can create a six-figure MFR practice. I'm your host, Heather Hommel. Not only have I been practicing MFR for 11 years, I'm also a life and business coach, especially for MFR therapists. My goal is for you to understand how to get fully booked, how to talk to your clients, and how to make sure they understand what's possible for them with MFR treatment. I'm here to help you stop under earning, overworking, and burning out. I'll lend support so you can create the MFR practice you've always wanted. Learn how you can do it too, even if you live in a tiny town, and even if you're just starting out, and even if you've ran your practice for years. Let's go. Hey, podcast listener, I want to make sure that you know and understand that you can become a founding member of my brand new 12-month coaching program right now. Get in before we even start our live coaching or get in the week we start live coaching, August 1st. There's zero benefit to waiting for your business to be in the perfect situation in order for you to join. There's so much power for being in community and learning from others that are going through the same things that you're going through or one step ahead of you. Be in this group and get to work on your business right now. Create the foundations to have a six-figure myofascial release business. Do it now. Do it today. I'm so excited to be your coach. Go to www.themfrcoach.com backslash coaching today and join right now. I'll see you over there. And again, live coaching begins August 1st. You get instant access to the course right after you sign up. See you later. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. I'm joined today by one of my former clients, Jesse Mansfield. He is the owner of Wellness 360 Mile Fast Release located in West Los Angeles. Jesse, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I'm so excited. So I haven't... When did you complete coaching? It was in the fall? Right. I want to say we started in like November and then it went to like January. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we just got done in January. So it hasn't been that long. It's we're recording this in June of 2023. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what brought you to coaching? Like what was going on with you before I met you? So before I met you, I was listening to your podcast. I was taking a MFR seminar and I had someone who was working on me we were doing like, you know, the trade and like, they were mentioning something about like making a six figure income. And that kind of like, something lit up inside me because I've been struggling to kind of, my wife, she's someone who has, she makes six figures. And, you know, I've kind of wanted to reach that level of, at my business where we could go on vacations as much as I want to, and also be able to save my money and create the schedule I wanted. So like when I was speaking to her about my own experiences and she was talking about your podcast, it just seemed to vibe. And as soon as I like left that seminar, I put your podcast on and I was just like laughing because like all of it like completely related to where I was in my business. I can't tell you which podcast it was exactly, but I just knew like something resonated and I just kept listening. I started like listening to pretty much every day because like I think you had already done like probably close to a hundred episodes. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. Like whenever I'm recording podcasts and I still have this thought too, when I'm doing it by myself, I'm like, is anyone even listening to these? Like, I'm just kind of come up with an idea, 
usually randomly throughout the day. And then I make myself go and record it. And then I'm just off with my day. And then all of a sudden it shoots out into the universe. (laughs) I forget people listen to these. So yeah, it's nice to know people are listening. And it's also nice to know that like you're resonating with it and it's helpful for you. I think you reached out to me prior to group coaching starting and we had a little call, didn't we? A little discussion. Yeah. Yeah. We did a, a brief call. Yeah. I guess I was just a little nervous about, you know, putting that much money down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I was even asking, I'm like, oh, do I get a certification afterwards? And like, they're like, no. I don't even remember you asking me. I remember yeah. you asking me, why should I invest my money in this instead of, you know, something more guaranteed like the stock market? And I was like, yeah. that is such a good question. Yeah. And, and it made me really think about, well, what would your return on investment be if you put the money into the coaching and you created a six-figure business? I think that I might have asked you that right away. Yeah. It's a pretty yeah. high return on investment. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It got me thinking and yeah, it didn't take me too long to get you a response. I think I responded probably the next day or the day after. And I knew like, you know, I prayed about it and woke up in the morning. I felt good in my, in my heart that, uh, should sign up for it. I even mm-hmm. talked to my dad about it. Usually he's, he's someone I talked about making mm-hmm. any sort of big financial decision. And it's not that I needed his approval, but I just kind of felt like I just needed to talk about it out loud. Yeah. And was it your first time laying down a big chunk of money like that for something other than oh. you know, like a home or a car or? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a big chunk of change. And like, but I knew like you were the real thing. I don't know. I'd always like laugh at like the stuff that you would say on the podcast. Like you were very vulnerable and you weren't a know-it-all. Like it sounded like the guests that you would have on the air, you were just asking them right questions. Mm-hmm. And that was something that like really just kind of stood out to me. I was like, oh, this person seems legit and I should see this through. <laughs> I love it. And when you first came to me, you were a newer MFR therapist. And I mm-hmm. think I'd said to you very seriously, mm-hmm. You know, I really like to see people with three or more classes or the plan to take them while we're in coaching. You know, what is your plan? And you laid out, okay, this is going to be my plan then. So where are you at now with your MFR education? How is that going? So currently I've taken MFR one, MFR two, and then the next one I plan on taking is myofascial pelvis release. And then I do mm-hmm. want to do the um the T for T. Good. Because I think that would really just help me just go deep into my own healing. Because I, I realized another thing that like I started doing when I started coaching with you was getting treatment pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. So I get like at least like either once a week or once every two weeks. And I feel that really helps me so much better like as a therapist because I could understand what the person is feeling on the table. Yeah, that's really important. And I think One of the things that I'm most proud about of just one of many results of this coaching container is people who coach with me do get treated. They pay for treatment, which is huge because there's a lot of therapists out there. Not they'll only trade for it because they can't afford it. Right. And they go to lots of seminars and they do those extra seminars like T for T skill enhancement. I wouldn't even call those extra. They're just more costly to go to but it's sure. because they can afford to do it. So it's really yeah. an amazing benefit to learning how to create more money. 
So let's talk about that a little bit. So when you came to me, what were you doing? Did you already have your own business? Were you working for someone else? Like tell the audience kind of what the snapshot of that was like. Yeah. So before I was working with you, I was working with someone doing an apprenticeship and that didn't last too long because I felt it was going in a direction that I wasn't particularly like fond of. Mm-hmm. I rented a uh, office in the same building as my wife. She's an esthetician. So she knew someone who was renting a space that was pretty affordable at the time. Yeah. So I was just kind of starting off in West LA and I was seeing clients, but it was like a lot of the times it was like my clients were kind of controlling my schedule, not the other way around where I get to control my schedule and get mm-hmm. to give myself the time off that I need. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after that, I was just kind of recalling some memory. I was talking to my dad over the phone. He was mentioning something about myofascial waste. And I had remembered I would get these uh, pamphlets through the mail that had like John's like seminars. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're right. And then I remember like kind of digging through some stuff and I found one of these uh, like schedule of like the next like oh, seminar. Oh, you got the brochure. Yeah, the brochures in the mail. Yeah. And I was, I've been getting those like since... I think I started massage school, which is like, I think it's been like 13 years now. Mm-hmm. I never really paid it like too much of attention for some reason. I just was just like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll think about that someday. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think it was just a timing thing. I don't know if your massage school was anything like mine, but when I graduated from there, I just really thought I knew it all. And I was like, why would I ever need to learn anything else. Cause I spent a thousand hours learning with them. Right. And I, <laughs> like they really do pump out people that think they know it all, which is just yeah, yeah. so funny in hindsight, how little I still know, but I was kind of the same place. Like someone mentioned MFR to me, they mentioned John Barnes and I went to fascial pelvis in Sedona for my first seminar, but only because someone kind of just like drug me along with them huh. and then ended up completely changing my life. But it's just, yeah. it's always really fun to see how people get into myofascial release and especially yeah. how all these things like kind of have to line up ahead of time in order for it to have worked out, which is so crazy. Yeah. How'd your dad even know about it? You know, I honestly, I don't even know. He must've read about it somewhere. He's always like, so when he's like working on a project and like, I think sometimes he like kind of lives vicariously through me. Sure. All parents do that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm telling him what I'm up to. And then I, sh- I should rewind a little bit. So I was in a pretty bad front end collision, mm-hmm. not too far before I took the seminar. So I was dealing with whiplash, concussion. I was having like issues with my memory. And I recall like when I went to my first seminar, I got some like MFR work done. I was like a lot of those symptoms that I was having with the constant neck pain and like headaches, like a lot of that subsided, even after just weekend that I was there, Mm -hmm. noticing a huge difference in how good I felt. And I was, you know, I was in Sedona, I was sharing dinner with my wife, and I was telling her about like, oh, wow, I feel so much better now. I feel like there's something to this. Mm -hmm. I drank the Kool-Aid and I've been part of the cult ever since. (laughs) That's so funny. Well, I think it also, it speaks a lot to were you at MFR one or MFR? Okay. So you're at MFR one with probably a bunch of new people that are just being exposed to it the first time. This just speaks to 
the techniques that John teaches and how powerful they are that even new people who barely know what they're doing mm-hmm. can create these amazing results with their patients just from doing the techniques and like not really knowing the why behind it or how it works or even really doing it totally perfectly. Yeah. It's some powerful shit that, <laughs> that we just get handed to us when we show up at these seminars and some people run with it and some people are like, whatever, you know, they don't get it or they don't choose to get it. So it always fascinates me because like I said earlier, I went, I was drugged along with two other people and I'm the only one out of those two people that do MFR, you know, it was their idea. So it just always fascinates me who stays and who goes, who decides this is Mm -hmm. for them. And I, we could just do a study on that and figure out what's going on, but it's fascinating to me. So I'm glad that you stayed with it and you came back and you decided to really change your business. So were you just doing traditional massage before? Were you doing all kinds of modalities? What was your practice like? So I was mostly doing neuromuscular therapy, mm-hmm. just like trigger point therapy. And, you know, it was, it was pretty effective, but the teacher who I was working with, she's very much more on the like technical side, mm-hmm. which, you know, has never been my style ever since I first started doing massage. I felt my greatest strength was just working more intuitively. Mm-hmm. And so when I like left that apprenticeship, my wife commented like, oh, you know, you're back to like using more, you have more of that magic that you used to have. Mm, yeah. yeah, the experience of going through this apprenticeship for a couple of years was a lot of like anatomy, physiology. And she also like put in like, personal training in there Mm -hmm. and it was a lot of just more like linear yeah linear stuff and yeah that was great I mean I I think it was very beneficial for me but I think what John really teaches is to trust your intuition and let that magic guide you Mm -hmm. yeah and there's so much like therapeutic artistry that goes along with not having to follow a formula yeah you know you could pump out a hundred MFR therapists in one seminar and everybody's going to treat a little bit different, but everybody mm-hmm. following the principles is going to have similar results. <laughs> so, right, right. yeah, I think yeah. I love that too. I loved that there's never a test and that I didn't have to be performative in order to be good at what I was doing. And I think that that's maybe one of the things that kept me going back for more because I could always just decide that I'm successful at this and always just decide like I fit in here. I do good work. Like this is what I do. And I didn't need a test to tell me whether or not I was good at it. It was like, just just keep going, just keep practicing. You know, I also think receiving the work is such a huge part of it. And it really helps you really feel what you're doing. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's so cool that you found it. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about this, like go back to this idea of creating a schedule that you liked. You said before that kind of your clients were dictating your schedule. Were you kind of operating off of like feast and famine in that era or like what was going on? Absolutely. Yeah. There's uh, this sort of feast or famine. And, you know, while I was doing the group coaching with you, like you gave us the uh, handbook and I had to like, you know, go through all these questions and kind of dig deeper into like, why is it that I have this like belief of this sort of scarcity behind ha- having a business like, oh, 
You got to get it while it's still like hot, you know, like scoop up all these clients. They're going away tomorrow. This like hustling mentality. Yeah. I do feel part of it has to do with maybe even growing up in Los Angeles. Too. Sure. Like it's uh, a lot of people are aimed at perfection. And, but I think what perfection really is, I've been listening to Brene Brown lately, is just like this lack of vulnerability mm-hmm. that, um, you know, we try to put these armor on to pretend that we have no flaws. But the reality is, you know, all of us are imperfectly perfect. And, yes. But I, you know, uh, along with like some of the, you know, answering these questions in your workbook was, uh, you know, what would be my ideal schedule? Like how many hours would I like to work? And, you know, doing the math around that, like, okay, well, how much are you going to need to charge in order to have these hours? And still make what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also allow myself to have time to take care of me, mm-hmm. to go on vacation, like regularly. Like for me, it's like once a month. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like a good amount of just stepping away and knowing that it's okay for me to like take uh, five, 10 days off and business is still going to go well. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that for you. And I want everybody listening to know that if that's what you want, you can just create that. It just takes a matter of yeah. taking the time to ask yourself, you know, what do I want? What is ideal for me? Yeah. And when you know the answer to that, then you get to create the formula to make it happen. Yeah, that was a, a big revelation for me because I thought before a lot of it just had to do with luck. <laughs> yeah. And uh, right. like, oh, some people are just really lucky. Yeah. And some people are maybe like, maybe some things do just happen naturally easier for some people. But imagine if you just decide that you can create your own luck by deciding on purpose and doing, you know, it's not doing so much extra work. I think some people hear, oh, I'm going to, her program, she's going to make us make six figures. I don't make anyone do it, but yeah, it's not by working harder. It's by making decisions on purpose. Right. So just decide what do you want? And if people's eyes kind of glaze over when I say, how much money do you want to make? Like they don't have power over that answer. Yeah, it's so interesting. For me, I've always been someone who is always trying to like, I love figuring out stuff. Like I want to know, like, you know, the science behind things or mm-hmm. why is it does someone get into like this kind of self-destructive habit or I guess there's a kind of like analyzing part of me that wants to just figure out, okay, well, you know, what's the formula to being a very successful person? (laughs) And I think a lot of it's just a lot of failure. Yeah. Willingness to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Willingness to make mistakes. And I think that's what was helpful for me being within the group coaching, that container of hearing people's like their wins, but also people's like, I don't even want to call them failures, but like, you know, just opportunities. It's okay to fail. Like in our group, we, we celebrated the fails yeah. too. Right. I think sometimes I'm like, I want you guys to fail a hundred times and report back to me every time you do it. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that in some groups. Just yeah. report back to me every time you fail. Right. And I think that's in a culture that we live in where like, you know, people just think like, it's all about just winning. Like, you know, just like win, 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 win. Yeah. We see the end result, but we're not seeing, um, you know, all the work that got put into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about the idea behind one of the ways that I help people with this thing, which is 
the idea of the barf jar or courage jar, which is just a jar that you put beads into or rocks or whatever you want. So you can kind of measure, measure your fails. And I always show people like, this was my first year of coaching. This is how full it is. You know, this is how I created this business from scratch. And people are always like, wow, that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> but when you're constantly open to failing or you're constantly open to the possibility of failure and you're kind of collecting the fails along the way, but also the wins, the courage along the way, it just starts snowballing and happening faster and faster. So you want to talk about how you use the Courage Jar to help you build your practice? Yeah. I mean, I have it like right in front of me right here. I love that. Yeah. So I used it by, first of all, it was like raising my rate. Mm -hmm. You know, I did the math and I figured like it would take me selling this amount of packages to get to this point. And when I was having to share my new rate to these clients have been seeing me for quite a few years, Mm -hmm. it was uncomfortable. Like I felt like... How much was your rate change? So I went from charging 110 an hour to 150 an hour. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it was about you know like 40. 40. Yeah. $40 difference. Yeah. But for some people like that was like too much or like they would just be like, "Oh, well, let me think about that." Uh-huh. I was like, "Okay." And that was fine because uh if they weren't willing to pay my rate then like I knew that they weren't probably the right match for me. Mm-hmm. And how many clients do you think you lost when you raised your rates? I would say probably about a dozen. Okay. And then were you fully booked then? Not really. Okay. So it's probably pretty scary to lose a dozen when you're not yeah. when you're already not fully booked. Where are you at now? I'm fully booked now and making more than I was before. Mm-hmm. You know, charging my old rate when I was working way more any uh, more hours. I would say probably like close to 30 hours certain weeks, but now I just do 15. Mm-hmm. That's usually like kind of my max. I think that's so awesome to point out too. You're like, I was sometimes working 25 or 30 hours a week, making way less money. Yeah. I lost a dozen clients. I worked 15 hours a week and now I'm making more money than I was and especially more money consistently. Yeah. You say? Okay. Yeah. And it felt like so, you know, scary at first. Yeah. But I started feeling more energized, even though there's a point where I, you know, I could see kind of my income kind of take a little dip as I was losing some of these clients who were my regulars. Mm -hmm. But then I started to see it kind of spike up again. Mm -hmm. Even like it'd be awesome. Like I'd have a month where I would take 10 days off. I went to Chile with a friend of mine and I still made like 7,200. Yeah. And you took 10 days off. Yeah. So like, and you know, a lot of it was selling packages, which, you know, is something that I think has been a major game changer for me. Mm -hmm. And even with selling packages, would you say your months are pretty, like what's your average month income? Do you think now when you don't take 10 days off? When I don't take 10 days off, you know, it's between 7,500 and like maybe Mm -hmm. Mm 8,500. So there's really no difference between months where you take 10 days off and months where you work the whole month. The only difference is, is like, you've known how to create selling packages as a income generating machine that just keeps going. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like I've gone much more confident 
and selling the packages too, because like there'd be some stumbling, like sure. you know, over my words sometimes. And then I think one of the things that helped me was, you know, kind of keeping this log of what went well, what didn't go well, what I'll do better next time. Mm-hmm. Some of these interactions with people, like give myself some credit where. Yeah. What's already working. So you don't have to change it. Yeah. What's not working. So you can quit doing it. What am I going to do differently next time? Like, what am I going to try differently for a different outcome? It's just, it's really just playing a little bit of a game with yourself instead of like getting down on yourself, just like, Oh, okay. This went great. This didn't go great. So I'm going to quit doing that. And I'm going to try this one new thing next time. Sometimes it's just a matter of like being comfortable asking more questions or overcoming an objection or talking about an objection ahead of time Mm -hmm. and really just getting really intimate with like, what are the things my clients say to me that I'm uncomfortable about? So I just ignore, and am I willing to start answering some of these things? Yeah. And I think it helps one, once you're taking better care of yourself, it just becomes this reflection. Like when you're talking to your clients, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's, you could kind of pick up on your own sort of like hesitations about stuff. And the big thing I tell my clients is like, this is like your greatest investment, right? Right here. You will not regret putting this money down. Yeah. Cause you're going to create a better life for yourself where you're feeling more, more energized and, you know, free of pain and, and doing the things that you want to be doing. Yeah. A lot of times like it's limiting some part of their life, if not multiple parts of their life. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, that's what they're buying is their lifestyle, their ability to enjoy their life. They're not buying time on the table. And I think that's where most MFR therapists, just most people selling something in general, get stuck on that time component. Like, oh, nobody's going to pay me this amount of money for an hour on the table. I got to add in all this extra stuff and give bonuses and blah, blah, blah. No, yeah. you just need to really be clear in what it is that you're selling and stick yeah. to the results because that's what it is really simple. Yeah. And feeling that too, like truly feeling it. I think people are just kind of natural human lie detectors. Like if you're, yes, if you're just kind of like giving some canned speech, then it really just doesn't come off to anyone and people like will be turned yeah. off. Yeah. I people think. can smell it, like smell your insecurity from a mile away. And if you're yeah. trying to sell like, oh, I can help you, but you're like a four out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> and believing that you can help them, you know? I think honesty is always such a good policy. Always tell the truth to your clients and always have honest communication with where they're at and where you think you can get them and refer out when you feel like it's over your head. But don't refer out as like your first option. (laughs) Like work on that. I mean, something that was helpful for me too is just recognizing, you know, not everybody's my ideal client. I'm not desperate to keep this person (laughs) coming back to see me. Mm -hmm. I just have this sort of faith now that like, you know, the right people are going to come and find me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't have to cling on to people to like, oh, no, but if I, I lose this person and I'm not make my numbers this month, there's, you know, I, I think there was a little bit of that in the beginning. Yep. And then I just learned to kind of trust myself more. Yeah. And just trust the process. Yeah, that's so good. I think that building the trust with yourself and the trust with the process is one of the things you learn in coaching. And it spills over into everything else because you start to trust decisions you make in your personal life too. You know, you trust that you can take time off. You trust that clients are coming. It just snowballs into everything else. Yeah. Would you say that's true for you? Oh, totally. I mean, 
I'm actually in a 12-step program as well. So, you know, first step in the program is like being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. You're not going to bullshit yourself anymore because that's, you know, yeah, a big sign of addiction is once you're like kind of lying to yourself all the time or, you know, the state of denial yeah. that um, starts to affect every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. Once you see through your own bullshit, then you just realize it's just a matter of faith of everything, you know, like the right clients are coming in to see me. I'll have a roof over my head. And like, I have all these things to be grateful for too. Like having a gratitude practice, like helps like humble me too. Yeah. You know, seeing where I came from prior to coaching and then where I'm at now, it's, it's such a. Would you say you feel like proud of yourself for where you were and where you are now? And like, Mm -hmm. this is still just the beginning. Like you're only what, five months out of coaching? Yeah, yeah. Five more months into your business. I mean, this is just really the beginning. Yeah, it's just the beginning. And yeah, I'm just very hopeful and excited about uh, future opportunities. And yeah, it's just awesome to like, people know like, hey, like you can take vacations whenever you want now. Like you have money saved. I've been able to have a certain amount in my savings account now. And then now all that's pouring over into my investments and then also into, you know, I want to do future coaching as well with you. Mm -hmm. So anyone who like is like hesitant about this, it's like, as long as you put the work in, like you will definitely see a return. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. You know, I used to, when you first asked me that question and you're like, well, what I could just invest my money in the stock market. Like I was like a little bit like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? And then I was like, what a good question. Really, what is the return on investment? I mean, we could go through and like add up how much money you've made since coaching. I think you said you've had at least a 20% increase. Yeah, for sure. Then if we compare it to return on investment of the happiness you feel in your life or like your ability to have do what you want, take time off. Like there's a return on investment for like all these different areas too. It's not just always a financial number. I want people to be thinking about that too. Like what is the quality of your life? What is the quality of your business? How do you want to feel in your business when you're doing it? How do you want to feel every day? Because I know just from being an MFR therapist, I know that sensation of driving to work and being incredibly lonely. And I know that feeling of not knowing how to sell MFR, not knowing how to talk about MFR. So like, what is the return on investment when you do know those things? And also you put yourself in a room in a community where you're interacting with MFR therapists and colleagues every week Mm. and how much support that gives you Mm -hmm. and the feeling. And for me, I think one of the reasons why I love coaching MFR therapists so much is because I longed for that community for so long outside of just going to seminars, you know, like having that connection all of the time, because we are always just single practitioner therapists, or if you work in a clinic setting, so much of it, the work is done by yourself. So Mm -hmm. having that community is really important. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I haven't felt this sort of sense of community in a long time. So prior to this, the closest thing I had was like working at Starbucks. Mm. I was there for seven years before getting into massage. Mm-hmm. And other than that, like I, I remember a teacher telling me early on, they're like, it put like a little like sour taste in my mouth. They're like, oh, be prepared to be lonely. I was like, what? 
Why? <laughs> yeah, why did you tell me that? Uh, they're like, yeah, this, you know, you're not going to have as much like conversation with people. I was just like, huh. I kind of started noticing like what that uh, teacher meant, like, you know, as I started going to like, I first worked at Massage MV. Mm-hmm. And you have a little bit of dialogue in the beginning, but for the most part, people are there to just relax. Yeah. Yeah, to come into this place where we were all like kind of learning together and overcoming some part of our, some limitation that our our business practice was having. Like it was powerful. It was like just that fellowship of people talking about like just 100% honesty, like what was going on with them. And mm-hmm. yeah, it just felt such a sense of freedom yeah. and belonging. Yeah, that's so fun. And I think there's something special about it because it's MFR therapists. And because I think there is this level of vulnerability that most of us are willing to get into that maybe some other groups, you know, like it's just not going to happen. Yeah. But because of the special nature of who we are and what we've been through, just through our own probably healing journeys and just being, you know, in seminars. So it's like the weirdest things possible happening. And we're all witnessing that we come into a group. We're like, this is just how it is. Yeah. It's yeah. all normal here. So miracles so just happening, you know? Yeah. It's just like fascinating. So yeah, why not? Yeah. What would you say would be like your most, like, what were you the most surprised about in coaching or what was your favorite thing about it? I guess what I was surprised about was people's openness to talk about whatever insecurities they had. Mm-hmm. There was no like holding back. And if there was a little bit, like I think you would help people like to like cross that barrier and just like, okay, out with it. I'd be like, what's the actual problem? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just, uh, I think that was like my favorite part. Mm-hmm. And then hearing other people's like, success in their businesses was awesome because you realize what is possible when you actually put the work in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love seeing people like do well, like who doesn't love like a good uh, success story. Right. And I think it's hard for people to really celebrate their wins mm-hmm. openly because we're taught that that's bragging or we're taught like it's dangerous to do, or people will feel jealous or they'll, it'll make them feel bad. And really what we've learned, I think, from group after group after group is that celebrating the wins helps show other people that haven't had that win yet what's possible. Yeah. And it is possible to cheer somebody on even when you don't have what they have from this like pureness of just loving everybody in the group and wanting everybody to do well. Just because this person succeeded, it doesn't mean I can't succeed. It means oh, I could do that. I might even do it better. Like I might not even have to suffer as much because they went first and I can learn from everything that they created. Right, right. I mean, I love like just listening to people and their their journey mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, the beginning part to like the end of group coaching. I, I guess the, another thing that's interesting is like, I don't think I've ever been to a place where people openly talk about money. Yeah. As much as like, I feel like, we live in a culture that's obsessed with it. We don't really talk about it so much. Yeah. Or tell the truth about it. Exactly. I had never been so exposed to talking about money, like reporting on money until I started coaching and like being in coaching programs. And 
yeah, like you're just required to every month report your income. And there's people making a million dollars. And like, sometimes you're at the bottom of the pile and sometimes you're in the middle and sometimes you're at the top. And I think reporting money or talking about money and it doesn't really matter what the number is because the number is just a circumstance. So it's neutral, but the action of knowing what your numbers are and being able to say them at any given time, like year to date, this is how much money I've made like quarter to date. This is how much money I made keeps you in the know. And when you know how you're performing financially, it helps you make better decisions about everything, about how much time you take off, about what seminars you're going to, about what you can and can't afford, not so that you can be careful, but so that you can decide to make more money if you need to. Mm -hmm. Because it's always an option. Oh, well, I can just make more money. It doesn't mean I have to hustle. It just means I just need to make a different decision. Like, oh, I'm going to sell all packages this week, or I'm going to really offer another package. Yeah. And hit goals that you never thought were possible. Yeah, setting that intention. Mm -hmm. Like once, you know, I knew I was going to be taking some time off. I was like, oh, shit, you know what? This is the most time I've taken off, I think, ever. And how about we just try like selling more of these packages? And Yeah, and we get people booked for when I'm back. I come yeah. back to fully book schedule. And, you know, some people like wanted to hear about my trip like when I came back anyway. So it was like, it was just this sense of like self-love. Yeah. Well, and how cool of an experience to let yourself have that trip. Let it be safe to go on that trip now versus waiting until you're older and you're retired mm-hmm. and you're tired and you never mm-hmm. take the trip. Yeah. Right? There's so much value in not waiting. And it's not like you're just irresponsibly going on vacation. Like this is very purposeful and I love it. And it makes you an example of what's possible when you decide that that's okay. Like it's inspirational to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to take more vacations, you know, or like, is this something I want? I'm definitely going to look into it. And I heard this on another podcast that I listened to with one of my other coaches, Stacey Bayman. She was saying she goes on vacation every month. And I was like, dang, like, that's cool. You know, and she makes $10 million a year. And I'm like, do I need to wait until I make $10 million a year? And then I've got Jesse Mansfield here. And he's like, I make eight or $9,000 a month. And I go on vacation every month. Yes. Like you can do it now. You don't have to wait, right? It's just a matter of deciding that's what you want and then going to work to make it happen. So that's totally baller. I'm like really excited about this. Yeah, I love it. It's so awesome just to kind of have this freedom to go the places I want and with whoever I want. And cool to just kind of kick my feet back and really just, you know. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) Just go with it. Yeah, that's so cool. What a great opportunity. And to be able to just say yes to opt in and do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was there anything else you want to share with the audience about your experience or what you're doing next before we wrap up? Definitely plan on doing more seminars. That's like, I think uh, the next few months I plan on doing that. And then I plan on going to uh, a big trip is going to Croatia and uh, south of France in September. Cool. My wife and I were going to go on a Game of Thrones tour. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. That's so cool. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, just looking forward to like growing my business more. I know this is just the beginning and there's uh, yeah, so much more available. Yeah. Financially, where do you think you'll be a year from now in your business? Oh, well, definitely making six figures. Yeah. Because I came very close this past year. I was at 77. Yeah. Which is like the most money I've ever made. That's so good. Yeah. I, 
I feel like without a doubt, like I'll be at 100K soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if it takes you 13 months, that's still fine or 14 months. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's no. Um... Another fun trick I like to do is add up how much money I've made cumulatively, like year after year after year in my business, because mm -hmm. the numbers really start to add up. And it's like, oh, it's kind of fun to know. Yeah. I like to know all my numbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot to share this, but I downloaded this app that helps keep track of my numbers. It's called mm -hmm. uh, Lucky Bitch. And I don't know if you've Lucky used it before. Fish? Lucky Fish or Lucky Bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Lucky Bitch. Okay. With a B. With a B. Okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> and uh, so what it allows you to do is like you put in, um, you know, what your goals are mm -hmm. as far as, um, you know, for me, it's like I need to make 8400 a month in order to reach my goal to get mm -hmm. uh, 100K. Mm -hmm. So you put your entries in, you know, each day mm -hmm. and it tells you how far like you, you have to make until you reach your goal. Yeah. Feel like it's a very useful app yeah that's fun okay everybody go download that app lucky bitch and track your numbers <laughs> you don't have to be a lucky bitch you get to be on one. <laughs> no luck needed i love it yeah. so much yeah okay jesse where can people find you what's your web address how can we follow you on social yeah. media so my web address is jessiemansfield.net and then my instagram is uh wellness 360 la okay are you on facebook too or are you just on Instagram? yeah yeah i have the facebook one that one is i wanted to say wellness 360 okay well everybody look up jesse follow him he's fascinating to follow and i think you blog about your travel and stuff too don't you yeah 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 so let's go check him out over there are you also on the mfr directory yes i am Okay, perfect. So there's lots of places to find him. Again, he's located in West Los Angeles. So you can refer clients to him or go get on his table. He has online booking, of course, because he's coached with me. So, and I think he had it before. But all right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. I'm looking forward to seeing you in more coaching whenever that happens to be. Yeah. And for everyone else, I'll be back with another episode of the MFR Coaches podcast next week. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks, Heather. Thanks for joining me today. My mission is to help every MFR therapist become a part of the movement where no MFR therapists ever under earn or burn out. Join my 12 month coaching program. You'll spend the first 90 days setting up your foundation to create your six figure business. Then you'll go to work and uncover exactly what's holding you back from the business that you want and desire. Get support while you raise your rates, set your policies, and learn how to talk about MFR and how to sell MFR in service of your clients. Learn exactly how you can do it too, even if you live in a tiny town and even if you've had your business for years. This program is open to all MFR therapists who want to create what is possible when you stop playing small and start showing up in your full power as the John Barnes trained MFR therapist you are. Put your magic to work in the world and help more people get out of pain and back to active lifestyles. I'll help you do it. Go to www.themfrcoach.com backslash coaching and sign up right now.